Hello, Andrew. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. Well, I'm excited to be chatting with you today about something I spotted in the news this morning and really caught my eye, uh, which was that there's a lot more money today in a in the customer support space than there was yesterday, and specifically um, AI-powered customer support. You know, I've, I've always seen actually, and I'm sure we've talked about in the past, that customer support, customer service has been a target area for the application of AI. And the uh, there's been a lot of like predictions by business analysts that this would be in fact a real big growth area for AI. And I think that can take on a lot of different forms. So it's fun to see a really practical example of it so we can talk about it in detail, which is this company's support logic uh, which is kind of a full scale, full service customer service and support platform um, was has announced uh, today, I believe that they've raised an additional $50 million in series B investment to help expand their AI powered customer support offerings. And uh, it gave us a little bit of a window into the some of the many ways that they leverage AI to power their their platform. Wow. So how are, what are some of the ways that they're planning on using AI or they've already started using AI? Yeah. So they've got kind of two really powerful ways that they're already deploying it or that they are hoping to, you know, do some more of it. And I'll, I'll point out that one thing that was really interesting to me was that my guess is that for some people, especially maybe those who are just sort of like your average consumer and not necessarily avid followers of, of, of machine learning or AI, when you hear customer service and AI, you may probably imagine sort of the experience that I probably everyone has had of encountering you know, a robot when trying to get a customer support problem resolved. Um, and I think in a lot of ways that technology is underwhelming and frustrating for a lot of people, especially compared to the experience of actually talking to a knowledgeable human. Um, so what's exciting is that support logic, I think wisely, you know, is interested in is leveraging technology in a, in a different way, in a more thoughtful way. And in fact, actually two of the key ways uh, that they, they use AI, it has nothing to do with, with really is, is not customer facing at all. So mm-hmm. the first is as more or less a real time, you know, automated coach for human customer service representatives. Mm-hmm. So you know, we've, I think we've probably touched on this a little bit in the past because it's, it's, a, it's a thoughtful and um, interesting way that we've heard other people talk about using natural language processing machine learning, where they're using machines to do some real-time analysis of sentiment and of other kind of speech patterns that offer, that allow the machine to offer sort of feedback to the customer service agent about you know, the customer's intent. And sometimes that may be very obvious, you know, you don't need a machine to help you with that, but there may be other cases where it's really helpful to get just a, a sort of an, another pair of eyes or another pair of ears onto the conversation that's dispassionate, that's not actually, you know, has no emotional skin in the game and is just trying to read the conversation what it, for what it is. And also, you know, then act on that. So to recommend, hey, you know, if someone is talking about topics like this, it may indicate that they're actually uh, would get some value out of using a resource like this. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so what kind of data do they have access to? I mean, I guess, would this be analyzing my voice and my sentiment when I call in? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. So I think, and you know, this actually lends itself to the second way that they're using machine learning to power their uh, customer support platform. But I think, yes, they have a lot of data, which is probably pretty interesting and relevant to deciding how best to serve a customer. Uh, and in this particular context, you know, natural language processing models that they've built to examine thousands and thousands, maybe millions of prior customer service conversations um, and any other ways in which they've sort of labeled that data to sort of train a model on, you know, what different kinds of, uh, what, what different kinds of patterns and what different kinds of, uh, use word usage, uh, means, uh, is all, you know, presumably data that is being input into the model they're using to then listen for the way that someone is speaking and, and the topics about which they are speaking in order to, to then, you know, offer those recommendations, feedback, uh, you know, and just insights into the customer, to the customer service agent, uh, in real time. Yeah, that's very cool. And then the, the second way, uh, that they are using it, it, which I think is, you know, as I mentioned a moment ago, really speaks to the body of data that they can rely on in the form of all the customer data that a company may have on who is this person who's reaching out to us to ask for help. Um, is about routing those customer tickets, those customer requests to the right person in the company. Um, and I imagine this could take a lot of different forms. I'm not exactly sure how support logic does it, but just as a general matter, uh, you know, you, you might imagine that, that when you're tracking a, a support ticket from a customer that, uh, you know, who they're speaking to may have actually a great, pretty big influence on, on how successful that interaction goes. First and foremost, because there may just be appropriate like departments within your company that are better equipped to answer kind, certain kinds of questions or, or deal with certain kinds of problems. But then also there's, there, there might also be sort of a hierarchy thing. You know, it may be that someone is, it makes more sense for someone to speak to someone more senior versus someone more junior, um, just depending upon sort of whether or not that, you know, if it's a, a customer with like a high lifetime value, who's used to dealing with a certain level of seniority and who may be bothered if they're, you know, if they're sort of dispatched or delegated to somebody else, you know, who's, who's more junior. But what's so interesting about this as an example, I think, is that it really, you know, you can really imagine just the, the way that data can be used to feed a really sophisticated machine learning model here, because, you know, a, a robust customer data platform is exactly that. It's really robust. You actually, you know, over, especially uh, in, in, in recent years, I think efforts have, great efforts have been made to collect a lot of information about customers um, during an onboarding process, during the sales process, during the marketing process, all the way through to all the activity. If you're an online, if, you, if your company has any sort of online presence, all of their interactions that they have with you online. And of course, if your company is like completely online, if you're like a SaaS product, then, you know, you can see all of their daily activity and sort of how frequently they're logging in. And of course, all their prior customer service questions, right? So like, unlike in marketing, where maybe someone's moving through your funnel relatively anonymously until they identify themselves some way, um, you know, a customer, presumably, you know who that customer is, wherever they appear, whether they appear on mobile or in real life or in desktop, or, you know, they engage with an ad, or if they engage with your product, your, the app, you know, you know who they are, uh, you, and, and you know a lot about them, and you can append quite a bit of data back to sort of their, their customer profile. And that is great, you know, for machine learning to be able to then have this huge body of data upon which to learn about the customers and tie that to 
the outcome. The outcome here being, is it going to be a successful interaction? And that can be measured in a number of ways. Is the, is the matter resolved quickly? Does the customer rate the experience as have, being a positive one? Um, does the customer service agent close the ticket uh, and, and indicate that it has been solved? Um, anyone, again, who's ever interacted with customer service knows that almost immediately once you're done, you're sent some follow-up email asking you like, is your problem resolved? Yes, no, or maybe, and, and any other comments or scale of one to five. So you actually have this really rich data set where you have all this data about customers, which are your input and all their past activities and their lifetime value and how often they need help and what was the outcome of their previous interactions and how often have they signed into the app, all this stuff about them, the input. And then you have a pretty clear output, which is like, did the customer service interaction end well or not well, you know, or how well. Um, and, you know, if you combine those things with then some analysis of whatever the incoming inquiry is, like what the text of it is, what the sentiment is of the person making the request, you can see why that's very complicated and it's a lot of data, but it's so ripe for machine learning to be able to quickly make a judgment about, okay, based upon who this person is and everything we know about them, plus the request they made, this is the person they're going to have the most success talking to and just quickly route them to that right person. And, you know, you would imagine you could see that really drive the bottom line, reduce churn, higher, you know, NPS scores, just overall, just like happier customers and probably a lot less sort of wasted time in your, in your customer support pipeline. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like any time that can be reduced from, the moment when you call. And I feel like in my experience, a lot of times companies now have robots that are trying to kind of like assess who to route you to. But I think anything that can be done to like reduce that amount of time and just get me to the right human being um, that I can talk to, I feel like that will improve the interactions overall because I feel like sometimes by the time I talk to a human, I'm so frustrated that my ability to like have a quality conversation about problem solving is just like drastically diminished. It's such a good point. And it's such like it, it, again, I think like in both of these examples shows how AI can be used to like get the best out of people, not get, take the place of people, which isn't to say there aren't instances where AI very successfully takes the place of people, but in more cases than not, it seems at least at this stage in the technologies, you know, arc, this, the, the sweet spot is how do you empower and enable people to do their best and not how do you try and replicate them somehow because we're just not quite at that ability yet for most things. So how about instead of having the robot pretend that they are able to answer my question for me, how about that robot helps the person who is supposed to help me get to the answer more quickly, you know, catalog the data more efficiently and you know, route me to the right person, you know, more expeditiously. I think that's exactly right. Cause both, you know, I was thinking about it from the perspective of the customer service agent, but you're totally right. Even from the perspective of the consumer, the consumer isn't even in their best, their best self. If we're trying to have robots foisted upon them, as opposed to robots sort of like assisting them in the background. Yeah. And I think that, oh, sorry. No, no, please go ahead. And then it's also such an interesting company and solution to think about and talk about because, um, you know, it's really a solution to, it seems, an earlier iteration of technology that wasn't entirely successful. I mean, you know, these automated, I know that it's not like a direct replacement of these automated uh, robot answering machines, but, um, you know, those were very impressive, very extensive 
amazing when they first came out. But I mean, the reaction, I think, I don't know anybody who enjoys speaking to robots. I don't know anybody who enjoys sort of the current process. So like, it's interesting to see the evolution of technology in customer service and sort of customer success. Yeah, and as we've talked about before, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's kind of like the same old story in some ways about why machine learning makes sense too, because you know customer service didn't always have happened in such a digital space and it didn't also happen always in such a unified way. The growth of customer service platforms like Support Logic, but also many others, have made it so that there's like now increasingly a unified way in which co- companies can interact with their customers. They can unify data behind a single customer profile. They can let a customer text in, chatbot in, call in, email in, and Facebook message in, and it can all come back and flow behind the same customer profile. And that just wasn't true not too long ago. And so, A, you have now all of these different channels digitized and B, you have all of those channels flowing back into one place in, in an ideal world. And so that it, 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 it gives rise to the opportunity that never was there before to actually make use of that data. And the other last sort of like kind of industry, I think, um, indicative thing uh, that, that I noticed about this uh, was that the uh, the CEO is quoted in a VentureBeat article about this raise saying that, quote, off-the-shelf sentiment analysis and entity extraction machine learning models are trained on a completely different corpus and do not work on these data sets. And he also says that many of our customers initially started down the path of building their own solutions and support logic often displaces these homegrown projects, which I thought was such an interesting take that is so similar, frankly, to ones we've heard elsewhere, which is it is wonderful that there's all of this boom in like generic models, sort of off the shelf pre-trained models that are built on these global data sets that leverage the fact that some companies like Google and others have access, you know, Microsoft to just like enormous data sets. And they're able to build these really impressive machine learning models on top of those data sets, but they're limited, right? And so on the one hand, they've made machine learning very accessible in a sort of simple way in that I can just plug these language models directly into with like a line of code. And all of a sudden my, my there, I have some sort of like language capacity built into my, my app, but they are very limited in that like any machine learning model, they are only as good as the model, the data they're trained on. And so on the, while on the one hand, they're trained on a lot of data. So you'd think they're very good. They're trained on very generic data, right? If you're trying to train a computer vision tool to recognize sort of any just general image and be able to label them, well, if you can show them just like billions of random images, it's going to be start to be quite good at labeling certain kinds of images. But probably if you try and use that same generic model to like spot cancerous cells inside of, you know, in, inside of an animal or something like that, like it's not going to be well trained on that because that's not sort of like what most general images are about. And so same thing with, with language here is that I think if I'm understanding the CEO correctly, his name is Krishna Raj Raja, um, that you know, g- even general language models are just not quite capturing the nuance and the, and like the subtleties that are particular to the domain of customer service and support, such that having a sort of verticalized solution like this, a customer support language model is really valuable, but it's almost the happy medium. Because if you read the second half of his quote that I shared, 
he's all he's suggesting that a lot of these companies were trying to build their own and eventually said, no, we don't need to build our own. We'll use support logic, which makes sense. They're kind of two ends of the spectrum, right? A generic model, which doesn't take into account anything particular about the customer support world. And then an individual company, which wants to build their own model, which is particular exclusively to their specific context that's entirely built around their own little world. But of course, as we know from machine learning, that can also be limiting, that if you're not catching a wide enough net and you're only focused on too narrow a, a, um, a training data set, that you may be missing a lot of really valuable data that would get that would allow the machine learning model to like learn in new contexts. And so like enter these vertical SaaS solutions as like a kind of happy medium that say, don't know, not every company needs to go out and build their own, their own customer service platform. Not every company needs to go out and build their own customer service language model. Um, but we can build a customer service language model that's generic enough to apply to customer service platforms across, you know, different segments and audiences, but it's not so generic that it's like unhelpfully, uh, you know, abstract when it comes to kind of picking up on the nuances of, of, of the domain language. So anyway, I just thought it was a really interesting point that he made and that I, you know, again, have heard elsewhere and that I have to imagine is going to be a big driver of growth in the machine learning space in the future are all of these other kinds of vertical enterprise SaaS offerings that just increasingly become AI powered. Yeah, and I think that's such an interesting distinction about sort of domain-specific models um, because, yeah, I think that will be really useful going forward. Well, we will keep, as always, our eye out for more of these, as I'm sure they will come, uh, and uh, we'll be chatting about more of them soon. Yep, sounds good. Have a good rest of the day, Andrew. Awesome. Thank you. You too.